Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. But the main portion that we want to get through is Genesis 25. Now, the... The meaning of this week's Torah portion is the Hebrew word toldat. And that means generations are descendants. So we're going to talk about, and there's so much going on in, in this story. It's a lot going on. I mean, you've got scheming, you've got conniving, you've got blessing, you've got hatred, you've got brother against brother. I mean, you've got it all right there in the Bible. You know, how many know God doesn't leave anything out? <laughs> he, he, he doesn't, he, he wants you to see it all because, you know, when he wants you to see it all because God is the God that can change and turn things around. Doesn't matter how hard it is, no matter how bad it is, no matter how far removed it is, God is the God who can turn any situation around. And if that's a lesson for us in the word of God, that should be number one, that God can turn it around. No matter how ugly, the good, the bad, and the ugly, he can turn it around. Are you with me? And you know, incidentally, it's been prophesied that this year is the year of breakthroughs and turnarounds. Say that with me. Say breakthroughs, turnarounds. And you know, this will just overlap. We're going to continue into 2023 with breakthroughs and turnarounds. And if you heard me preach early this year, I talked about some of the national breakthroughs that took place in our nation, but it's not just for our nation, it's for you personally, your marriage, your family, your children, your ministry, your business, your life. So expect God every day. But we want to talk about generations. We want to talk about descendants. And I want to come from a standpoint of generational blessings. You know, we, we, we hear a lot. If you have been in this church for any length of time, you know very much about generational curses and blessings. But I want to talk, I want to focus more on the generational blessings. Amen. So let's start here. I'm going to jump around. I'm not going to, we're going to read it all because it's so much to read. So I'm going to jump around. I'll comment on some of this as we go along because, as I said, it's just so much. So let's start in Genesis 25 and let's start in verse 19. Man, that music's loud, isn't it? They're, they're getting excited for service. All right. Let's, uh, it says here, this is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son, Abraham, begat Isaac. And I'll just read just for a little bit here. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as, as wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Paddan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. She couldn't have children. And the Lord, now remember this, she couldn't have children, but God gave a promise to his father Abraham. Remember so it does not matter the conditions that you're in. It does not matter what you face with because the promise is greater than the problems. See that? 
So he pleaded with the Lord because his wife was barren, and the Lord granted his plea. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And then we'll just hit on this real quickly. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, if all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord began to talk to her about the two nations in her womb. Now, in verse 19, we see generations, the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. And if you, you go through the Bible, many times, if you're, if you're like me, sometimes when you read the portions of Scripture that have lengthy, the, the lengthy geolo- genealogy, I, I have to admit, sometimes I've skipped over those. <laughs> you know? I'm like, wow, this guy begot this guy, you know, Jehoshaphat begot this guy, and like, you know, Hopney begot, you know, know, and it just goes, I mean. (laughs) And you know, when I used to read that as a younger Christian, I just didn't understand, but as I began to grow in the Lord, I realized that that was there for a reason, because God is a God of generations, He is a generational God. Many people in the West and even in the Western church do not think generationally. But if you go to Japan, you go to different places in the East, they think generationally. And they prepare their children for that which is to come, good or bad. And so this is more of an, you see this more in the Eastern setting but it's actually a biblical thing. So God is a God of generations. God thinks generationally. You know, as we were giving thanks on Thanksgiving when I was with my family, my wife and I, of course, was there. Our two sons were there. And then my oldest son with his two babies were there. And and as I began to pray and began to just give a quick word, you know, I was telling them, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try to be short, but you know I'm a preacher. <laughs> and I'm telling you the same thing this morning, but I'll get you out in time. And it just hit me when I was there, you know, especially teaching this today on generations, that my wife and I was there. I gave my life to Christ at 17. 1983, I was a senior in high school. My wife gave her life to Christ uh, in Portland, Oregon years ago. Even, you know, she used to attend a Portland Foursquare church. It was called Portland Four. She gave her life to Christ um, a little bit before me. You know, we have children. They're serving God today. They're living for God. Their spouses are saved. And now we have the grandchildren, I begin to say, and the grandchildren will serve God. And that, I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. And it's not because... And don't ever let the world make you think that you're forcing something on your children if you have children or will. You know, they will serve God, and it's not that we are forcing anything on them. I mean, think about it. You know, they, the world wants you to feel bad because you make your children go to church. Oh, well. I mean, you've got parents in the world that allow their children to watch drag queens. And you're going to make me feel bad because I let my children come to church and learn about something positive that can change their life? Come on. So, generationally. 
So they were both all there, and I said they will serve God. And the Bible gives the promise that you and your household shall be saved. And if you have children that are away from God, they're going to come back to God. They will not leave this planet until they surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. Because you have a promise. And remember, the promise is greater than the problem. So it doesn't even matter how far away from God they are. If they are away from God, they're coming back. And if they're serving God, they're just going to keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger in the Lord. So all three of us were there. And I said our grandchildren will serve the Lord because the Bible also says that you will not, you will not bring forth children for trouble. That's what it says. You will not bring forth children for trouble. Now, obviously, none of this is automatic, that we have to raise our children in the what? The nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So there's the responsibility. And that's why, you know, when you dedicate a child, when, when pastor and tis dedicate children, they're also dedicating the parents. Because the parents have a charge to raise that child in the ways of God. So there's that responsibility that I'm, I'm not just a parent in name, but there's a responsibility to instill in this child the eternal things of heaven that will change their lives, that they will carry throughout their lives and then pass on to their children because God's plan from the very beginning is to raise up godly generations in the earth. And if you notice in the Bible, God is referred to after this as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He's the God of generations. And he will, and he will always be the God of generations. And you can insert your name in there. He's the God of Tamra. Amen. Oh, your name. He is your God. And the God of your children and the God of your children's children And every generation should go higher than the previous generation because that's how God designed it. You serve the Lord. You begin to live for God. You begin to fulfill his destiny. You have children. They begin to serve God. And they go higher than you. They should. They should be more blessed, more prosperous, be being used even greater, not that God isn't done with you, but it should even go even higher. And, and what happens is we begin to go from glory to glory to glory. Each generation begins to attain another level of glory. The next generation attains another level of glory, and it just keeps increasing. Because remember, God is a God of what? Increase. Hallelujah. So he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God was highlighting the significance of the generations and the blessings that flow down through the generations. This is how God planned it. Now, Genesis 26.5, and we'll kind of go a little back and forth. Let's look at Genesis 26.5, because this is very interesting to me. So, I'll start in four. I will make your descendants multiply 
as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed, and listen to this. See, it's one thing to receive the promise, but how many know the promises are conditional? They're conditional. If you do this, God said, I will do this. If you do this, God said, I will do this. They are conditional. They are not automatic. So, and this is what happened in verse 5. This is very key. This is very key for the generational blessings to flow down through your family line. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. He was obedient. See, the Bible says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the what? The good of the land. Many people are willing, but not very many are obedient. That's com- because obedience completes the covenant. Amen? It, it seals the covenant, your obedience. Because this is a covenant thing. God not only, th- he thinks generationally because he is a covenant-keeping God, keeping covenant up to what? A thousand generations. <laughs> you know, I think about my grandfather. My grandfather was an evangelist as myself. And I used to spend a lot of time with my grandparents. You know, my parents were out partying, you know, at the, at the, at the clubs or whatever. So they dropped me off at the grandparents. And so, you know, we're at church. You know, I, you know we're at church for hours, and, you know, I'm just a child, and, you know, I'd fall asleep on the pew, under the pew, beside the pew, you know. And so there was a, a, a huge influence in my life from my grandparents. And so my, my father and my uncle didn't serve God for the longest. And in later years, they did, but they didn't serve God. Uh, but they were raised in, a, in, a, in the preacher's home. And... Uh, of course, there was a little rebellion, but I think about my grandfather, the impact. And, you know, it makes me think about a story, and you may have heard it, but uh, I was, one day I was with my, grand, my grandfather, my grandparents, and uh, I was going to go outside to play, and my grandfather was in the dining room. And as I'm going outside to play, he stops me in the dining room and begins to prophesy over me. And he began to say that when I grew up, I was going to be a preacher, and he began to speak this, these words over my, these prophetic words over my life for the call to ministry. And, uh, you know, I didn't really think a whole lot of it. I'm just a child. And I'm like, I looked at, up, up at him and, and, and then I just turned around and went outside to play. <laughs> and so I, I didn't think a whole lot about it, but it made a huge impact on my life. And when I, when I came back to Christ at 17, I, that, that memory of that prophetic word began to come back to me. And I began to realize what the call and the destiny of my life was. See, this is the power of generations. And so what was passed down to my grandfather, even though I wasn't saved, you know, when he, when he passed away and I, didn't, I, I stopped serving God, 
when I came back, those things, that, that promise, that prophetic word was still there brewing, you know. See, that there are words that have been spoken over your life and family that are yet to come to pass. You know, and I think of something that was spoken over me as a child years ago and is now today being fulfilled that was spoken over me in a dining room, you know. And so that's just the power of God's word and the power of, of his covenant that is, being, that is being extended to generations. So the obedience of the previous generation caused blessing to come to the next generation. Isn't that the truth? You know, and, and we understand how the cause and effect works even with generational curses. You know, you have some families that have generations of alcoholics, generations of people incarcerated, generations of people dying at a certain age, you know, are dying before their time, are dying of certain illnesses. But let me tell you something today. You're not cursed, you're blessed. Every curse has been broken off of your life. And whom God has blessed, Numbers 26, whom God has blessed, no man can curse. That's why you will not die before your time. You will not die of sickness. You will not die alone. You will not die of some illness. You will not die depressed somewhere and stuck in a home somewhere. But you will live in the glory and the anointing of God. You will live in divine health all the days of your life. Your children will serve the Lord. Your, your grandchildren will serve the Lord. You will live a life that glorifies God. And when you're satisfied, that's when you're going to go home. Is that the word of God? Is that the covenant promise to you and I today? Regardless of the conditions you're in, regardless of what you're facing even right now, does not matter. The covenant, the promise is stronger than the problem. The covenant will cancel out whatever it is you're going through and what? Turn it around and cause it to line up with what this Bible says right here. You will live a life of increase. You will live a life of blessing. You will live a life of joy. You will never be depressed and be on depression medication. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is the covenant promise. This is the promise that God gave to Abraham and his descendants. And we read about Jacob. We read about Isaac. We read about the descendants who, even though the promise is being released to them, there must be an obedience to the conditions of that promise. Generations. That's why you will live in divine health. And if you're facing sickness today, sickness bows at the name of Jesus Christ. Today you go home healed. Not someday. See, never ever, and I made this mistake, and I apologize for that.
I made this mistake years ago of thinking that there was a season of waiting concerning God's promise. There is no season of waiting on what God has already promised. Now, I understand there's seasons of waiting when people come into ministry and they develop in their professions and all of those things take time. But the, pro- the conditions of this promise that you will live in health, that you will prosper and increase is not for someday down the road. It is for today, right now, this very moment in your life. There is no season of waiting. Don't ever believe the lie. There's a season of waiting because listen to me. Jesus never told someone to wait who came to him for a miracle. He didn't say, listen, why don't you come back in six months and we'll see how it goes. He never turned them down. So, the promises of God are yes and amen. From generation to generation to generation. So, the obedience of the previous generation will release blessing on the next generation. So what you do today will determine what happens to those who come after you. If you will choose to walk by faith and not by sight and live in the covenant, you are setting up your children and your children's children to live in the covenant that will never be broken, that will never be altered, that will never be revoked, and will never be taken back. That's why your children will go even further. I I told my wife, I said, I'm going to teach my kids to operate in the things of the Spirit. They're going to know the voice of God at a young age as children, not not as teenagers, as children. God spoke to Samuel as a child. They will have encounters with the Lord as children. They will prophesy as children. They will lay hands on the sick as children. They will know the Lord and walk in his ways as children. So that when they become teenagers, they're not going to do what a lot of teenagers do and go away from the things of God. No, there will be no interruptions. So. The obedience of the previous generation. What you and I do today will determine if the generations after us receive the generational covenant blessings. And if you you messed up, there's forgiveness. Come on, somebody. I mean, hey, you know, we've made mistakes. But God will cause all things... And God is causing all things to work together for your good and the good of your family and your generations. And even if you don't have children, but God has used you to minister, to have spiritual children that you minister to, the same for them. Generational blessings. See? We gotta, we gotta begin to think the way the Bible God God thinks. We think generations, so we prepare 
our families, not just for the present. See, I was thinking about this yesterday. Poor people don't think about generations after them because what? They're trying to survive. That's why God needs you blessed. Because a part of the covenant, a part of the covenant is a, as a good man leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children. That means you're going to be, that you're going to walk in so much blessing. It's enough to cross generational, generational lines. So you're not thinking about trying to survive. You're only thinking about being a blessing. Let's turn that with me. Let's look at the blessing God gave to Abraham, which came upon Jacob and Isaac. Look in Genesis 12. We're going to look there real quickly. Genesis 12. Turn there with me. I wanted to cover this because this is so key. Let's look at it real quickly. Seven generational blessings. Now the Lord had said to Abram, and I won't go into it, but notice his, his name at this point is Abram. It's not Abraham yet. Because when, when the Lord comes to you, <laughs> he comes to you, <laughs> he comes to you in a place, in a small place to bring you into a large place. That's why it's important for you to believe big in small places because the Lord desires to bring you into a wealthy place. And that's what the covenant does. Now, the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. Sometimes there has to be a disconnection, not that you disconnect from your loved ones you love them but sometimes there has to be a separation so you can begin to walk by faith and not just be dependent on your mother and father we all know that to a land I will show you God he didn't even know where he was going but God was going to show him because it comes back to this we walk by faith and not by sight I may not know what the next step is but I must make a step of faith today and then God will open it up I can't just stand there and be stationary. I must walk by faith. And as I walk, red seas begin to part. Things begin to open up. The power of God begins to move. As I step out in faith, God begins to show me what he wants to do and where he's leading me. So he says, I I will show you. How many know God's going to show you if you ask him? He's faithful. He's going to show you. He's going to speak to you. He doesn't want you be, to be in the dark. I will make you a great nation. How many have been in Israel? I will make you a great nation. I will make you a great nation thousands of years ago. So if you stood on the soil of Israel, you realize that the covenant promise is manifested today. 1948, Israel became a nation. I will make you a great nation. And notice, 
not yourself. You know, you ever hear that term, I'm a self-made man? No, I'm a God-made man. Because if you make yourself, the devil can tear it down. But when God makes you, nothing can tear it down. (laughs) I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And make your name great. God's making your name great. Not a whole lot of amens on that one. God wants to make your name great. Listen to me. He wants to make your name great. Why? So when people hear your name, Tamara, they know, they know that they, they know love is there. They know that acceptance is there. They know that the power of God is there. That you represent, you represent character. You represent someone that's solid. You represent someone who's giving. You represent someone who knows God and not about God. You represent the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He wants to make your name great. So when people speak your name, they know what you are about you think about Rockefellers and you think about Rothschilds and you think about them and and their name well our name is even greater than their name because we serve a great God that's one of the blessings I I used to pray over my kids still do and I pray over the grandkids Make their name great in your kingdom. Make them men and women of renown. Glory to God. That's what the Lord wants to do. I will make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will listen to this. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. That promise is to Israel, and that promise is to you and I, the church. Same. So it would behoove people to bless you and not curse you for their own safety. Seriously. Because whoever curses you is going to come back on their own head. And you don't have to do nothing but just stand there and just give God all the praise and don't retaliate. Be just stand your ground and stand and 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 stand your ground and stand and stay in peace. But it would behoove people to bless you because it will go better for them. That goes for your job, your employer, that goes for anyone. Because when you touch God's people, you touch the apple of his eye. And I don't want to get into this. That's why, that's why what they tried to do to the church these past two years has not succeeded. They tried to close the church down. Listen to me. That's exactly what happened. People are like, they're, they're, they're thinking about a virus. This, this is a plan to shut the church down by demonic men and women in charge, by the WEF and by these demonic institutions to shut the church down because we are a threat to free we are a threat to those who want to keep us bound and enslaved not going to happen 
That's why the churches shall always prevail. That's why Jesus said, this is covenant talking, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I will bless those who bless you. That's where it comes from right there. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. You try to touch my wife, you're going to be cursed. You try to touch my children, you're going to be cursed. You put your mouth on me, you will be cursed. We don't want it, but that's the way it is. Everyone that tried to curse Israel. I think about, I think about the leader of Venezuela years ago. He cursed Israel. He died of cancer. And he's not the only one. He cursed Israel from his bowels and died of cancer. I believe it was stomach cancer. Because God's not playing. You don't touch his people. You don't touch his people. I will bless those who bless you. That's part of the covenant. Blessings. I will curse those who curse you. And this is for generation after generation after generation. So. See, I, I think sometimes Western Christians, when you, when you bring that to them, they're like, well, you know, God is a God of love. Yes, he's a God of love. He's also a God of judgment. And he will take vengeance on my enemies. Are you with me? He will take vengeance. Vengeance is mine. I don't even have to do anything. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I'll tell you this. My job where I work, I work security for the government, tried to, wanted to let me go because I wouldn't get vaccinated. I'm not here to talk about vaccination, whether you did or not. That's your business. I decided not to. And I told my supervisor, who's also a Christian, I said, we will not lose our jobs. And if we do, God will open up other jobs, but this will not succeed. So we held our ground. We were faced with termination. And I got, a, I, got a, I got a family to take care of. But I stood my ground. I said, you know what? We submitted religious exemptions, you know, which that was a joke because HR is a joke. But anyway, and, I, and, and it was about eight of us that said we wouldn't. And all of a sudden, guys, when it got down, because the pressure, as it got down to the why the pressure increased from the, from the company, and some guys went out and did it. Like, that did, weren't going to do it and went out and did it. It's about six of us that said, we, we, you know, we're not going to do it. Amen. Some of these guys were not saved. Some of them are. I had guys telling me, man, I, I don't know. I got a family. I got four kids. You know, I, 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 I said, listen to me. Stand your ground. But, hey, if you, you, if you feel like you got to do what you got to do, I won't look at you any differently. But let's stand. Stand and see the deliverance of your God. See, you got to stand if you're going to see it. So then, remember I said 2022 is a year of breakthroughs and turnarounds. So all of this stuff that was pushed, forced vaccinations, EPA trying to go in and find companies, all of that stuff was just, all of that stuff came crashing to the ground. Exposed. 
never heard anything else from HR. And we're still working. <laughs> we're still working. Listen to me. And listen to this. This is the sad part. There's some of the guys, like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to be political. There's some guys that went and got vaccinated. They're having issues right now in their health. And I pray for them. I love them. I do. And there are guys that look at, they look at us and they say, you know what? I wish I had stood with you. Seriously. But we, I mean, we don't, you know, we don't look at them any different. You know, God still love them. We love them. But you've got to stand if you're going to see the deliverance of your God. And that's the point I'm trying to make. So, seven generational blessings. I will make you a great nation. And these are not in order. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will make you a blessing. Those who bless you will be blessed. Those who curse you will be cursed. The families of the earth will be blessed because of you. And notice most of them are is to make you a blessing. Amen. To make you a blessing. So good. Now, something I want to touch on real quickly before we end, because we're almost done. Genesis 26, 23. Let's look there. Join us. Genesis 26, 23. We're we're going to finish up here in about uh, eight minutes. So get you guys in there so you can get ready for service. Um, Yeah. Genesis 26. Thank you. 23 through 25. Let's look there. Then he went up uh, from there to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord, and he pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants dug a well. Now, first thing I want to say is every generation must have an encounter with God. Because that's what causes the covenant to continue. God, you ever heard the saying, God doesn't have grandchildren? Because every generation must have an encounter with God. Now, God met with him before this. But this was different because when God met with him and he confirmed the covenant, look at what he look at what look at what Isaac did. He built an altar. That's the difference. He built an altar there, called on the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. Now it was real. Now it became real. Now the God of his fathers became his God. See, every generation must have an encounter with God. Isaac had an encounter. Jacob had an encounter, as you know, when he wrestled with the angel. Because these guys, man, they had a lot of baggage going on. You talk about a dysfunctional family. Seriously. Seriously dis 
functional. And so each of them had an encounter with the Lord that changed the trajectory of their, their lives, and they, were, they began to walk in God's favor and God's blessing and God's covenant. Generations. And then we read on, you know, we read on, and I don't have time to go on because we're going to have to end here in a moment. We read up on how, you know, Jacob, and Jacob steals Esau's blessing with the help of his mother, and (laughs) you got the conniving and, you know, underhandedness going on. I mean, you had so much happening. In, in, the, in these chapters. And like I said in the beginning, God lets you see the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because he has the power to turn it all around for his glory. So I just wanted to talk to you guys just briefly today on generations, on covenant, on the blessing of God. I want you just to stand. I'm going to pray for you so you can... Get ready for service at 10 o'clock. Thank you for being here so much and listening attentively. But remember this. These covenant blessings in Genesis 12 belong to you right now. Not someday, today. And if I were you, I would meditate on these day and night. Joshua 1.8, meditate on my word day and night. Then you will make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. That's the will of God for you today. God wants to make your name great. He wants to bless you, make you a blessing. All the families of the earth shall be blessed because of your life, because of your testimony, because of you fulfilling your destiny in this generation. And those who bless you, they'll be blessed. Those who curse you, will be cursed. Regardless, we give God all the glory and the praise for what he's done. Father, I just thank you for your people today, those who have come to receive this word. And as we go into this service, Lord, God, give them continual revelation. Cause them to walk in the covenant blessings that belong to them today, that from this day on, you will walk in these covenant blessings like you never have before. I decree over your life no limitations, no hindrances, and no walls of containment will keep you bound and limited. Today you walk in freedom. Today God brings you into a wealthy place, free of restriction, and the Lord is raising you up to not only to be blessed, but to be a blessing to your generation, to your family, to your children, to your children's children, and everyone that comes into contact with you in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for it, and we give you praise today. And everybody shout it. Amen. Amen. Love you. God bless you. Thank you for being here.